Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. First thing you got to learn is you don't listen to losers because it's the fastest who gets paid. Fire it up when you're ready. Fire it up. Fire it up. It's a race from here on, no matter what happens. He's got him this time. Here they come on turn four. Must go faster. It's going to be a drag race. Oh, they touch, they touch. Oh, my God. He's going to do it. It's a video game move. Have you ever? No, I've never. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> you ain't first, you're last. Welcome, everyone, to Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Giffen, predictive analyst here at Action Network. And unfortunately, not joining me this week, my co-host, Stephen Young of Roto-Grinders. He is on a very well-earned, well-deserved vacation. So we'll give him the free pass this week, and he'll be back with us next week. So just going to be me talking bets for this weekend's Cookout 400 at Richmond Raceway here on Running Hot. Last weekend's race at Pocono Raceway ended under, uh, you know, a bit of a controversial fashion as Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson made contact. Possibly uh, Kyle Larson did get into the wall on the second to last restart of the race. And then on the ensuing restart, Ryan Priest spun out and was unable to get his car going. But NASCAR actually held off on throwing the yellow flag until the leaders crossed the start finish line that allowed Denny Hamlin to win the race under the yellow flag. He was able to fend off Tyler Reddick until he reached that start finish line uh, when the yellow waved and also fended off a potential third late restart. Thanks to NASCAR holding off on throwing the yellow flag after the start finish line. So very controversial ending, a lot of action in that race. I know Stevie and I, we like to recap the race, talk about, do we think it was a good race? That Pocono race was fantastic. There was action throughout the whole race. If you think about it earlier in the race, Tyler Reddick and Austin Dillon, former teammates at Richard Childress Racing, got into it. Austin Dillon, not happy. He thinks Tyler Reddick was at fault. Everybody else seems to think uh, Austin Dillon was at fault, kind of wrecked himself. But Austin Dillon gets out of his car, takes his helmet, throws it in the direction of Tyler Reddick's car. It hits the ground and then hits the back of Tyler Reddick's car. Uh, Austin Dillon's brother, Ty Dillon, got into an incident where he dumped Chase Briscoe. Lots of tempers. The, I mentioned the issue where Ryan Priest spun right at the end of the race. Well, Corey LaJoy and him got together and uh, they had... A heated moment on pit road after the race. Ryan Priest coming up 
angrily to Corey LaJoy's car and confronting him before Corey LaJoy even got out of the car. And then, of course, Kyle Larson did not hold back on his post-race interview, lashing into what everybody thinks of Denny Hamlin. So uh, a great Pocono race. I know Pocono often gets a bad rap for being, quote, boring, but this was not a boring race. Totally action-packed all the way through uh, and a controversial finish, of course, as well with that yellow flag. But that was Pocono. Now it is time to look through the windshield to Richmond. NASCAR does head back to Richmond Raceway for the second Richmond race of the year at the three-quarter mile flat track. With it being the second race of the year at Richmond, of course, we will have data to look back at from the first Richmond race, as well as, you know, at this point of the year, we're almost into the playoffs. We're more than, you know, halfway through the year, almost two-thirds of the way through the full race year. We're going to have a lot of other short flat track data to work with. So Richmond, of course, like I said, a three-quarter mile flat track. It is in a very old surface, old surface age. So tires wear greatly. So what can we expect from Richmond? Well, we're going to expect more of the same. Uh, Typically, Richmond races are very tame, very calm, and get a lot of long green flag runs. Usually we will see a long green flag run over the course of a whole stage or maybe a very early caution uh, right after a stage break and then run the rest of the stage green. So we get lots of different pit strategies. Do you split the stage into thirds or do you go half and half? We will see multiple different pit strategies. Tire management is going to come into play. It's going to be hot this weekend in Richmond. So I think a two-stop strategy splitting the stages into thirds for stage two and stage three is going to be the faster preferred way to go. But it also depends on if a caution does come. When will that caution come? Will that shake up the strategy? So there's always that little bit of element of uh, if you hit a poorly timed caution, that could ruin your race or it could make your race if you're on the beneficiary side of that caution. But we're going to expect normal flat track Racing from Richmond with tire management and pit stop strategy, you know, two stop, one stop, two stop strategy as the key to this race. So how are we handicapping Richmond? We got to look at all those short flat tracks. The most comparable tracks are the one mile track at Phoenix, which kind of races like Richmond in terms of its shape. It's, It's a little bit bigger, one mile, very similar shape. But it is a very low tire wear track, relatively speaking. So not completely like Richmond. Uh, And then there's also New Hampshire, the one mile track at New Hampshire, flatter than Phoenix, but slower and and a little bit different shaped because the turns are 180 degrees instead of a trioval shape. Uh, So it, it makes it a little bit slower and does have a little bit more tire wear than Phoenix. So also a decent approximation for Richmond. You could pull in a little bit of Martinsville, the half mile bullring flat track. Uh, and you could pull in maybe a little bit of gateway, but by and large, I think the most similar tracks to Richmond would be New Hampshire and Phoenix, uh, leaning for me a little bit more probably towards New Hampshire. Uh, but that is how we're going to handicap Richmond. We're going to use past Richmond data. We're going to use similar track data. And of course, going into the race weekend, long run speed is going to be key. We are going to have practice. Uh, doesn't look like we're going to have weather in the forecast at the point of this recording. Uh, that you know should affect practice and qualifying on Saturday. And that should be pretty predictive of the race. Richmond, 
is a highly predictable track. One thing I did want to mention about Richmond, it has a very low major incident rate. Uh, so, you know, when I say major incident, I'm talking about something that caused the car to fall many laps down or just ruin their race altogether, completely tank their speed. Uh, so not a minor incident, not something that set them back, uh, not something that even maybe put them a lap or two down, an absolute major incident that's very low major incident rate is just below 7%. So we don't see a lot of cautions here. Very predictable race. My model uh, for, you know, finishing position at Richmond, one of the highest of the whole year, R squared of my model around 0.7. So very, very solid model, very predictable track. So that's where I'm going to focus my bets today. So it is time to dive into these bets. As always, we're going to take you for a lap around Richmond Raceway. That's four turns. Unfortunately, no picks from Stevie this week, but I'll give you one pick per turn before we drive into victory lane. So it is time to take the green flag and dive into turn one. This is Ryan Blaney, and we're running hops. All right, I'll kick us off here in turn one with what I think is one of maybe my most interesting plays, uh, drivers of the week. And I'm going to go with Joey Logano to finish inside the top 10 at minus 150 odds. So I'm putting one and a half units to win a unit on this bet. Joey Logano in 13 Richmond races with Team Penske under low downforce conditions. So that's all the races since 2016, other than the 2019 year, which was high downforce conditions. So in those 13 Richmond races, Joey Logano's finished in the top 10, 10 out of 13 times. That includes a seventh place finish at Richmond earlier this year. And in fact, Joey Logano, Team Penske, they've gotten better over the course of the year at these short flat tracks. Remember, they started off kind of a mess. They finished 11th at Phoenix, but were actually even worse in speed than that 11th place finish. Then they finished seventh at Richmond, Joey Logano did. Then he finished third at Gateway, which is a one and a quarter mile flat track, a lot bigger, so not quite the best Richmond comp. And then a few weeks ago, second, finished second at New Hampshire, had a very fast car, uh, which again is one of the best approximations for Richmond. Also, he did finish second at that half mile bull ring that I mentioned, Martinsville, the flat track there. So uh, other than Phoenix, four of his finishes out of the five have been inside the top 10 at either Richmond or the most similar tracks to Richmond, including its most similar comparable recently a couple weeks ago at New Hampshire. I mentioned that seventh place earlier this year at Richmond. So, you know, very strong 10 out of 13. That's much better than a, you know, a 60% rate, which is what we'd need at minus 150. My model loves Joey Logano this week. My model is very high on him. It actually has value on him to win. Uh, I don't necessarily trust it because uh, as we'll talk about, uh, I've seen some other models that are much lower on it, Joey Logano in terms of his win probability. But if we want a consistent bet, I really like the top 10 minus 150. I'd bet this all the way down to minus 180. So that is my turn one pick. We're going to roll the center and drive through turn two. I'm Denny Hamlin, and this is turn two here on Running Hot. All right, for my turn to pick, I'm going to stay in the Ford camp, and I am going to go to Joey Logano's former Team Penske teammate now with Roush Fenway Keselowski racing. And that is the co-owner, Brad Keselowski. I'm going to also take his top 10 finish. You can get it at plus 125. Also going to take his top five finish for half a unit at four to one. 
And I'm going to shout out Jim Sonis, who does a lot of great NASCAR analysis as well. Both my model and his model love Brad Keselowski this week. And when we're both high on Brad Keselowski, man, you got to back him. Uh, when our models align, we, we have a really great hit rate. So Brad Keselowski this year at the two most similar tracks, plus Richmond, has run inside the top 10 in all three races uh, and has also been inside the top 10 in my flags metric, which is like a true speed metric in all three of those races. Additionally, in all three of those races, a driver rating over 90 in all three of those with, you know, a maximum of 150 over 90 means you're in the, not in the super elite tier, but you're definitely in the upper tier. So Brad Keselowski has had cars that have been top 10 quality at Richmond plus New Hampshire plus Phoenix. So that is a very good sign. Uh, he also did finish top 10 in two of those three races. And the third where he did not finish top 10, uh, that was actually arguably the best of the three, despite finishing 18th after some bad luck late in the race that was at Phoenix. So, you know, it didn't quite work out there for Brad Keselowski, but uh, he did have a very strong car in that one. And actually, you know, was maybe the best of those three. So Brad Keselowski probably should have finished inside the top 10 in all three if bad luck weren't a factor. Well, thankfully, Richmond is the track where luck tends to matter the least of the three uh, because it is the most predictable or near the most predictable. So definitely really like to back Brad Keselowski top 10, top five, like I said, four to one. In fact, his top five odds uh, I have over 25% finish in the top five, which would be three to one equivalent. So I'm I'm happy to bet that top five down to near, you know, like three to one close to that, maybe 310, 315, uh, somewhere in that range. And I would bet his top 10 odds down to, let's say, minus 105, somewhere around there. He's you know pretty 50-50, close to 50-50. I'd say slightly favored to finish inside the top 10. So that is my turn to pick, recap, and turn one, Joey Logano. And then turn two, Brad Keselowski. We're sticking with the Ford camps in turns one and two. But now it's time to barrel down the backstretch and dive into turn three. I'm Austin Dillon, driver of the number three. And this is turn three here on Running Hot. All right, for my turn three pick, I'm going to go to another Ford. Apparently, I like the Fords this week. I didn't even realize it until just now when I was uh, talking about it and mentioning Fords in turns one and two. But I'm going to stick with the Ford camp. Eric Almarola, his top ten at plus 275. So we've got a, a trio of top 10 bets with our turns one, two, and three. Plus 275 is just way too long for Eric Almarola. He has top 10s in 50% of his low downforce Richmond races with Stuart Haas Racing. Yes, that is eight races in total, and he has finished inside the top 10 in four of those eight Flat tracks, short flat tracks are Eric Almarola's bread and butter. We saw this a couple weeks ago at New Hampshire. He had probably the second best car in the whole race. He definitely had the second best green flag speed, and he was running in second to Martin Truex Jr. for much of that race. Maybe Christopher Bell, if he hadn't fallen back with some pit stop issues, maybe he had the second best car. But at worst, Eric Almarola had a top three car in New Hampshire a couple weeks ago. You know, arguably the best comp for Richmond. Earlier this year at Richmond, didn't quite go as well for Eric Almarola, but he still pulled off a very strong 13th place finish. And then at Phoenix, he started towards the back and he was flying through the field. Unfortunately, uh, a loose lug nut or, or some kind of issue with the lug nut ended up cutting his tire and sending him into the wall as he was flying through the field. So 
He hasn't quite had the results at the shorter flat tracks this year, but a lot of it has been bad luck. Phoenix was bad luck, uh, as I just mentioned. And then New Hampshire, he had a top three car, but again, a loose wheel put him into the wall and he wrecked out of that one as well. So just some bad luck haven't given him the finishes, which is what I think is actually bloating his odds to this plus 275 number. I've got Eric Almarola finishing inside the top 10, much closer to like 40% of the time, which would be plus 150. Even if my model's too high on him, there's a lot of wiggle room to plus 275. So I think I'd take this comfortably down to the plus 225 range and feel good about that. So my turn three pick, another top 10 on another Ford, Eric Almarola plus 275. So that is three of the four turns. That means we need to roll the center between turn three and four and get off turn four pretty good. So it is time for turn four. I'm Noah Gregson, and this is turn four here on Running Hot. All right, for my turn four pick, I'm going to get away from all the Ford love. I'm going to get away from the top 10 love. And I'm going to go to a matchup, and this is a matchup uh, that uh, I saw on the Discord. So I want to give a shout-out to Brandon G on the Action Network Discord. Make sure to join the Action Network Discord. If you haven't had access to it, if you don't have access to it, let me know. I can get you access to the Action Network Discord. The racing channel often has a lot of great discussion. want to shout-out Brandon G, like I said, from the Discord, because he pointed me to this bet And my model loves this bet. I love this bet. I ended up taking this bet myself for 1.65 units to win one and a half units. And that is Alex Bowman, minus 110 over Daniel Suarez. Now, that minus 110 price, I was only able to find at one place. But I do like minus 125 as well, which is more much widely available. I wouldn't go below minus 125, right? I wouldn't take it like minus 130, minus 140. But minus 125 is still good value according to my model and according to the data and the history we've seen as well. Alex Bowman has easily handled Daniel Suarez in the five Richmond races since Suarez has been with team track house over the last two and a half years. Alex Bowman is four to one head to head in this matchup at Richmond over those five races. But that one loss was just a 20th place finish versus Daniel Suarez's 19th place finish by one spot And Alex Bowman still had a better driver rating, a better running position, a better green flag speed than Daniel Suarez in that race. Just a little bit of bad luck. But in the other four races, again, better driver rating, better average running position, better green flag speed. So it kind of fits with the R squared of the model, 0.7, right? If we think, uh, you know, ballpark, it explains about 70% of the variance then we should expect occasionally Alex Bowman to lose to Daniel Suarez. But by and large, that four and one record is close to not, not close to what we'd expect. You know, obviously we'd be, we'd expect two drivers of let's say similar caliber, but where Bowman owns the track history uh, to be much closer to something like a minus minus one fifty, So 60, 40 in Alex Bowman's favor. So that's what I have it as I have it closer to 60, 40. I would comfortably bet this at minus one twenty five. We get to like minus one thirty, minus one forty. We're getting close enough to model error where I think, uh, you know, if my model's slightly too high on Bowman, uh, then I, I, you know, it might not be value, but at one minus one twenty five, we're still comfortably within the error bars of my model, which says minus one fifty is is value on Alex Bowman over Daniel Suarez, and the data backs it up. Alex Bowman has been better than Daniel Suarez in all five recent Richmond races as a relevant comparison. So that is my turn for pick. 
for Richmond Raceway. That means there's only one thing left to do. We got to drive in the victory lane at the three-quarter mile track at Richmond Raceway. So my victory lane pick, we've already talked about this driver. I'm very high on him. My good friend Jim Sonis is very high on him. That is Brad Kislowski to win. I would take him anything longer than, let's say, 25 to 1. I know you can get him 25 to 1 out there, 28 to 1. There's even a 30 to 1 still out there. I grabbed him 35 to 1 earlier this week. But all the way down to 25 to 1, still pretty solid value. Uh, both myself and Jim, our models have Keselowski to win at over 5%, which, of course, would be around 20 to 1 as fair odds. But again, that error bar, that wiggle room, want to leave it up to about 25 to 1. I gave my analysis on Brad Keselowski before, but you know he's been close to that upper tier in all three of the shorter flat track races, Richmond, Phoenix, New Hampshire, that are the most relevant. Uh, he's been running inside the top 15 in over 85, 90% of the laps in all of these races. That's just a guy who is staying towards the front. They had a great, RFK Racing had a great Richmond race last year. Remember, Brad Keselowski is running towards the front. Chris Buescher is actually leading late in that race. And RFK Racing has made even more improvement this year. So uh, I threw about you know 0.4 units myself on it when I got it at 35 to 1. Still happy to take Brad Keselowski to win at 25 to 1. We're going with a long shot here in victory lane uh, because, you know, I really do think like looking at the top of the odds board, Martin Truex Jr. should very clearly be the favorite, but my model has him around 15% to win. So there's not value at four to one, four and a half to one. My model has uh, Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson neck and neck for seventh. Uh, for second, I should say. But again, they are six and a half to one uh, as the longest value out there. And I have them both closer to like 11%, 11 percent, 11 and a half percent, which is just not value at six and a half to one. And we could say the same thing as we go down the odds board. So the one where other than Joey Logano, uh, that really sticks out to me uh, and to others in the industry, Brad Kislowski, 25 to one to win. So that is my victory lane pick for Richmond Raceway. So that is going to do it for us. Thank you for listening to the Cookout 400 episode of Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. We'll be back this time next week to talk about bets for the Firekeepers Casino 400 at Michigan International Speedway. Stephen Young, of course, will be back with me that week next week after a nice, well-deserved vacation. So once again, thank you for listening and we'll see you back here next week on Running Hot from Action Network. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.